Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. And welcome back to Soul to Soul. Thanks for your patience and enjoying this fabulous great music after weeks of acapella. And aren't we excited? The holiday, the festival of Shavuos is finally here. And we are getting ready for the 3,301st time to receive the Torah at Mount Sinai. And I got to tell you, on my way here to the studio... I had to do some errands, getting ready for the festival, for our shul's multiple functions that are happening in celebration of this fabulous holiday. And boy, do I see in the shops these very delicious-looking cheesecakes. We know that every festival always has its food, whether it's the latkes of Hanukkah or the apples dipped in honey for Pesach. Sorry. For Russia, Shana. And Pesach has got its goodies. Every festival has its goods. As does the festival of Shavuos, except that here it is a very interesting combination because on all the festivals we eat a meat meal. Whereas on Shavuos, like I said, we get those cheesecakes and milk tarts and lasagnas and pastas and you name it, all these goodies. And we are meant to actually have two meals on Shavuos. One would be a festive dairy delights, delicacies, all the dairy milchik stuff. And then on the second, uh, afterwards, we are meant to have a more traditional meat meal. Well, if you've got the appetite for both, great. Otherwise, try at least have something. Now, the question is why? What's the reason behind eating, firstly, why we eat milchiks altogether in Shavuos? And secondly, why we're having both two meals. So in answer to why we are having two meals on Shavuos, the, there are multiple reasons given for it. And primarily it's because the Yom Tov meal is celebrated with meat. And that's the primary reason why you're going to have meat. So the real point that we're trying to discuss right now is why are we going to have a milchig meal beside for the fleshing? Well, I think that's really more up people's minds why we are having a milchig meal. So multiple answers are given. Let me share with you a few. Firstly, the um, we know that on Shavuos, when God gave us the Torah, we got the rules, milchigs, fleshigs, and you couldn't slaughter on Shabbos when God gave us the Torah. You couldn't slaughter an animal. So the only thing they could eat was dairy. And that's one reason that is offered for we commemorating that by consuming Milchig's dairy products. But there are numerous other reasons that I'd love to give with you, that I'd love to share with you. Firstly, we know that the gematria, the numerical value of the word chalav, which means milk, very easy is 40. So we're eating dairy foods and shvuas to commemorate the 40 days that Moshe Rabbeinu spent on Mount Sinai receiving all the mitzvahs of the Torah for us. So that's one symbolism. Again, this idea of 40 is there were 40 generations from Moshe who recorded the Torah until the generation of Rav Ashi who wrote the final details of the Talmud. And so, because the Talmud begins with a letter Mem, whose numerical value is 40, 
in tractate brachas, and it concludes with a mem, the word bashalom, at the very, very end of the Talmud. So again, you see the symbolism of 40, and 40 being the numerical value of the word chalav, milk. So again, it is something that expresses the beauty of Torah with the number 40. There are many other reasons given, and some of them, of course, we said Moshe spending the 40 days on Mount Sinai. Another reason I saw was because Moshe was born, we know, on the 7th of Adar. And he stayed home for three months with his family before he was placed in that wicker basket in the Nile River. Which, according to the Medrash, what day did that happen? It was on the 6th of Sivan. So that's when Moshe was rescued by Pharaoh's daughter, and long story short, nobody want, no one was able to nurse him until he was brought to his mother Yocheved, and because this event, according to the Medrash, occurred on Shavuos, right, just do the three-month calculation, from the 7th of Adar till Nisan, Er Sivan, exactly three months that this incident occurred. So, in gratitude to this moment of Moshe's life being rescued, we again, commemorate that by eating dairy products. The Ramah, Rabbi Moshe Isselis, in his commentary on Shulchan Arach, he gives another reason. And he tells us, as I mentioned earlier, about the two meals. We're supposed to eat a dairy as well as a meat meal. So he tells us that is because there's the Shtei HaLechem, the two breads that were offered on Shavuos. And so, to commemorate that, we do two meals, both different from each other. One milchig, one fleishig, milk, meat, commemorating the shtei halechem, the two breads offered on Shavuos. Another symbolism, one of the names for Mount Sinai, is interesting, is Gavnunim. And you could see this expressed in chapter 68 of Tehillim. Now the word Gavnunim, referring to Mount Sinai, etymologically it sounds very similar to the word Givina, which means cheese. So the word Givina, which if you will do a little bit of gematria, if you like the numerology, is 70. What does that tell us? Shivim Panim La Torah, there are 70 facets, interpretations to the Torah. So again, symbolizing that, Gavnunim, another name for Mount Sinai, Givina, numerical value, gematria of 70, 70 facets, interpretations, understandings of the Torah. So again, we have symbolism all with dairy products. So we got so much, and there's many, many more. I once printed a list of dozens of reasons. And let's rather talk more about the symbolism than all these various reasons for the purpose of eating dairy on Shavuos. Now, if you look, firstly, we talk about the menu that we eat on Shavuos, where we're eating milchigs and, uh, and then a fleshig meal. The question one might wonder is, why is it that from a milk to meat meal, you don't wait? According to halacha, all you got to do is what's called kinuach v'hadacha, rinse out your mouth, and you're ready to eat meat. There are customs of waiting half hour, an hour, still, even as long as you wait, you still have to rinse your mouth. Whereas we know, conversely, from meat to milk, there's a much longer waiting period. 
everyone agrees you have to wait. Whether it's the standard tradition halacha of waiting six hours, or for German jury, three hours, for Dutch jury, only one hour, but most Jews wait six hours. Regardless of how long you wait, there's a mandatory waiting period, whereas from milk to meat, there's absolutely no waiting necessary according to core halacha. All you got to do is rinse out your mouth. And this is a matter that's actually discussed in Hasidus, in Kabbalah. It goes all the way back to the story of when Avram has his guests. Remember that story when just after a circumcision, he's 99 years old, and God comes to visit him. And Avram says, hold on a moment. I see we got some visitors. And what does he do? He goes out to greet the guests. Who are they? Angels. Well, what is the meal that Avraham feeds his angels? Well, if you look at the verse, it says, that Avraham, Avinu, he took, he took chema, butter, the chalav and milk, and then it says, he baked them breads, and he took ben bakarach v'tov, he took a nice uh, calf, and which was tender, as we like our meat, and good. Rach v'tov. And what does he do? He gives it to them to eat. So again, let's go back to the verse. Vayika chema He took the, he took that, that chema, the, the butter, the cream, and the chalav and the milk, and then the verse says, uben habakar, and the calf, and he placed it before his guests. So, some might say that sounds like a cheeseburger and a cappuccino. So how was Avram able to serve his guests meat and milk all in one meal? The truth is, should reverse that order. First he does the milk, then the meat. But all that is significant because, as Kabbalah explains, there was a debate that happened some 400 years later when Moshe Rabbeinu Moses goes up Mount Sinai to get the Torah for the Jewish people. And the angels protest. They are tortoying up in the heavenly, in the heavenly realm. And they protest to God. They say, Chemda Genuza, this special hidden treasure. How could you let it go to these, to these sinners, to human beings, to homo sapiens who make mistakes, who fail? How could you give it to them? And so God asks Abraham, uh, God asks Moshe, Moses, according to the Medrash, you have to be the one to answer the angels. And so Moses is Debating with them. First he asks them, tell me. The first commandment is, I'm the Lord you God who took you out of Egypt. Were you guys slaves in Egypt? Were you oppressed? Were you in Egypt? And he asks them about each of the commandments. Each commandment, don't steal, don't kill, don't commit adultery. Are these temptations, are these something that we have to be concerned or worried about with angels? Obviously the Torah's message is for human beings, for us who do make mistakes, and therefore the Torah gives us the rules and regulations how to deal with these mistakes, how to rectify and fix those. So, Moshe is debating this with the angels. And then, he throws an accusation unto them, according to the Medrash. This accusation says, Hey guys, if anyone sins, it's you. Why? Because the Torah says, which we know means you're not allowed to mix dairy and meat products. 
not allowed to eat them together, you're not allowed to cook them together. So how could you have eaten by Avraham the milk and meat? Now, if you know the sequence is that first they ate the milk and then the meat, so that shouldn't be a problem. However, there is a very interesting law that once we understand this law, which is called Tata Agavar, which means that the bottom dominates, then we can understand why it was a problem for them to first have the milk and then the meat. And we're going to talk about that very briefly when we're back. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Welcome back to Salt of Soul. In these challenging times, many people are under very many pressures, and for some, it has become all too much. Who does one turn to? Chai FM will be starting a helpline later this year, and they're looking for compassionate, caring volunteers to train as call center counselors. If you have a background or an interest in counseling, and you want to find out more, email helpline at chaifm.com. Chai FM 101.9 megahertz serving the community. You could spend a hundred rand or more at Pick and Pay Kosher Deli or Kosher Bakery, and guess what? You stand a chance to win. First prize is a thousand rand Pick and Pay gift card. Second prize is 500 rand Pick and Pay gift card. All you have to do is write your name and contact details on the back of your till slip. Drop your slip off in the box at the information counter. The draw is going to take place today, Thursday, the 6th of June. Ladies and gents, I promised I would talk to you and tell you why it is from milk to meat you don't have to wait, and from meat to milk you do have to wait, and how that's connected to the story of Avraham and Moses getting the Torah down here. Let's see how quickly I could give over that message. You see, Kabbalistically, we know that all physical substances here in this world represent spiritual forms of energy as well. And so what Kabbalah teaches us is that milk, dairy products, are associated with the divine attribute of chesed, love, kindness. Whereas meat, that represents the attribute of gevura, which is discipline, it's severity, strength. And so we know that the physical features of milk, whether it's the serene whiteness or the fact that it's a substance that is liquid, it flows, it expands rapidly. That is all the concept of chesed. And one other element of it is that the rule of thumb in this world we know is that when you give something, you lose something. That's the way it usually seems. You buy something in the shop, you paid for it, you have less money in your account. One of the exceptions to this, there are a few, is milk. On the con- With milk, not only does a mother who's nursing their child not deplete their supply of milk, but on the contrary, a woman's mammary glands actually replenish and refill her supply of milk. So the more she gives, the more she gets. You can find this similarly, the Torah tells us about tzedakah, and we find this about fire. Now, meat, on the other hand, represents gevura discipline. Now, of course, these are both important attributes. If a person lives only with chesed, it will be a disaster, and the same thing, no doubt, even more so, one who lives only with Gevura, it is not a good recipe for a quality of life. you got to have a combination of the two. The question is, should it be an equal of both, or should one be outdoing the other? And with that, we are told that, of course, that chesed, loving kindness, is one that should completely outweigh 
the meat, the, the severity, the gevura. And this, of course, applies to how you discipline children, to the way you live your life with your spouse. Any relationship you have, you always want chesed to be the stronger, the more dominant of your attributes. Now, let's go a little bit deeper into the law in the Talmud and in Halacha. The law is tata'agava, which means if you have a hot pot and cold food fell into it. So let's say the hot pot is something that's kosher and something cold fell into the kosher food that is boiling. Well, guess what? Halacha says tata, the bottom gavar dominates and therefore it is now becoming combined, cooked together and the flavor assimilates within the rest of the food and now you got total trafe going on. Or if you have meat cooking, milk falls into it even though it is cold because the bottom is hot flavor now is transferred to the rest of the pot. However, if it were just the opposite, if the bottom pot, say back to chicken soup, is cooking, and sorry, it's not cooking, it's cold. It's a cold, burst chicken soup. And something hot falls into it, then we don't say that it is cooked, because remember, ta-ta, the bottom, gavar, the bottom is the dominant one. And therefore, if something hot falls into a cold pot, it is not considered cooked. It is considered that the mixture is not going to be considered treif. Of course, you got to consider all the halachic details, the minutiae, to properly understand this concept. But the basic of it is that only if the bottom is hot is it considered cooked. And on this basis, Moses challenges the angels. And he says to them, let me ask you, which do you, would you not agree that chesed, loving kindness, should be the dominant force, the attribute that is most important? That's the way God wants this world to run. And they conceded, they concurred. In that case, he says, the Torah therefore belongs down on earth below Tata'agavar. The rule is the bottom has to dominate. Now, if you think in your own life, when you're consuming milk, which is chesed, you can immediately eat Meat, which is gavura, just rinse out your mouth, and the bottom, the chesed, will dominate, will overpower the gavura, which you consumed after it. However, if you ate meat, which is gavura, and then you want to have chesed, you don't want that meat to be dominating over the kindness, therefore you have to wait until it is completely digested and will not have that dominant effect over your kindness and life. So whether it's an hour, three hours, or six hours, the point is you got to wait till your meat is digested and it will not overpower the chesed. And on that premise, chesed says that Moshe challenged the angels. If you angels want to tell us that you accept this concept of tata gavar, the bottom dominates, and then you ate, you ate the milk. Sorry, they don't agree with tata. They want the Torah to remain in the heavenly realm, which is Elah. They want to say Elah, Gavar, that the Torah belongs above. Yet they ate the milk and then the meat. They want to say that the meat, the Gvura, which comes after, which is above, should be dominating, dominating over the Chesed. And this is how Moses challenged them and they conceded that indeed the Torah should come down to earth. And this is just a little interesting insight. Again, a little challenging 
but an interesting insight into how Moshe was able to convince the angels that the Torah should stay, the Torah should go below to the physical realm, to the world below, and that must be the home of the Torah. So I think this is an important message to all of us. And if we could think about this little interesting insight and apply in our own lives to ensure that the chesed, the loving kindness, is always the dominating factor and ensure that we're always kind and disciplined, but the kindness should always be the triumphant, victorious one. My friends, I hope you all enjoy a nice, wonderful, meaningful Yom Tov. should be happy. As we say, Kabbalah Satorah Basimcha, you should receive the Torah with joy, Ubepnemius, with true pragmatic meaning, meaning in your life. So, wishing you a meaningful Shabbos and a fabulous Chag Shavuos Sameach. Enjoy all that cheesecake and all the other dairy products and just think about this thought of the Kabbalah of cheesecake.